0: welcome back to the ask different podcast this is episode number 28 recorded october 27 2012 i'm kyle cronin i'm jason Zalas. i'm nathan greenstein and we're back again four months later but we're back
1: it was a long summer
0: yes yeah it's kind of cold out it's yeah (laughs) yeah it's no longer summer when i when i can no longer wear shorts so uh it's it's still been summer until now (laughs) according to me whatever um so yeah so we're back and we're better than ever uh, we're all a little older a little wiser and we want to share some of our uh newfound knowledge and experience with the rest
1: of you and we're all legally able to drive now
0: yes Yay. yes well i don't know my car isn't it's registration's expired so but don't tell anyone <laughs> um (laughs) uh all right don't Um, tell anyone
1: public internet
0: right right well i i highly doubt that there's you know
1: like massachusetts state police listening to this and now that you've narrowed down your location even more concretely why don't you just give us your vin number and license plate (laughs) yeah and driver's license number as well you know just for for verification purposes i will
0: get that i'll get that squared away soon you know it'll be in the notes (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right um so yeah, so for today's show, we actually um, we've we found that we've been playing a, a bunch of different games recently. Um, and f- for example, for for, for myself, um, I re- recently got a Nintendo 3DS because I kind of wanted to sort of relive the experience of childhood with a little with my Game Boy and everything. Um, and so, you know, I, I got that. I got a bunch of retro games, but I also got one that uh that i didn't really anticipate on getting and it turned out to be something that i that i play a lot and um and you guys similarly you've you've been playing a bunch of games on your computers and and iphones correct right occasionally yeah so yeah so without any further ado let's just uh let's get on into it um so for, for the iPhone, uh, I, I had seen, I, I don't know if it was on Twitter or if it was somewhere else online, uh, someone mentioned a game called Super Hexagon. And so I didn't really know much about it, but I decided to check it out because people were saying it was a good game. And, um, and And they were right. It's a very challenging game. Basically, the idea is there's this hexagon in the center of the screen, and you have to rotate a little triangle around the edges of it so you, if you hold down on the left hand side of the screen it rotates counterclockwise if you hold down on the right hand side of the screen it rotates clockwise and um sort of from the edges of the screen these little um barriers come down and these sort of, they 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 close in on your on your little character your your little triangle and the the whole goal is to maneuver that triangle out of the way so that it it doesn't get hit by those those things that are closing in um and that doesn't sound too hard except that this this hexagon also happens to be rotating at the time and it, sometimes it changes speed sometimes it changes um uh, rotation uh direction and sometimes it you know it's even tilting and so you really have to uh have a good spatial awareness um of of kind of manipulating the your your little cursor in the game um, so nathan you've you've played this game a little bit. What do you think?
2: Well, I started playing today when you mentioned it, and um it's hard. It's the main word that I have for it i after playing for probably ten minutes or so, my record for our longest life is 26 seconds and my average is probably somewhere more like eight or nine and it's it's the kind of game that you hate at first and want to stop playing but somehow can't and then you know there's just enough you you, you get a new high score just frequently enough to make you have to keep playing it and the nice thing about the, the lives being so short at least for me is that it's Useful for the time when I game most, which is I have thirty seconds and not enough time to actually do anything. So I'm going to play a game for thirty seconds, which is nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great for uh you know, you're going to the bathroom, you need something to do, just pull out uh, Super Hexagon. <laughs> Probably bang through a few games before you're done. Um, and yeah, so the game is very hard. Um, the the levels are aptly named hard, harder, and hardest. Uh, no, no, yeah, um, and there's also three additional levels that you can unlock by um, remaining or staying alive for at least 60 seconds on those previous levels. Um, so you know, I've been playing, I'd say, quite a bit uh, for the last few weeks, and i finally, just the other day, I unlocked the Hyper Hexagoner level, which is the level that you unlock when you last 60 seconds on the harder level. Um, and I think only only a few thousand people have done that, like 7,000 people or something. So it's not, I mean, it's a lot of people, but it's not a whole lot. So, you know, it kind of sort of puts you in like the uh, the elite of, of, of people that have completed the game. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, once you get into the rhythm of playing it, and, and it just, it, it's really fun. And it's five, sorry, it's $3 on the iOS uh, app store and it works on iPad, you know, iPhone, iPhone five, all that stuff. So it's, it's good. Um, and so when I, um, when I, when I really started getting into that game, um, I, I wanted to see, Oh, does this developer have any other games that, that are interesting? So I went to his website and I saw that he has uh another game that he released a few years ago. Um it it's The Letter V 6 Times. So it's V V V V V V and I actually found that that uh this game was even like this 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 was even more engrossing and it's even better uh, at least in my opinion. Um it, it was uh, they have a trial available for download from the website. So I played that a little bit, and I noticed that it was available for sale on the 3DS, which I had just bought. Um, so yeah, I jumped on that. It was like eight bucks. Um, but it's actually a really, it's like a really good game. Um, and the music is really good, too. I really like the music. Um, basically, it's, it's a platformer, but instead of jumping, um, your action button reverses gravity. So, you know, you'd be walking along the floor, you hit the button, and then suddenly you're walking along the ceiling.
1: With so, the trick being the fact that you can't reverse gravity unless you're on solid ground at the time. Right, It's right. a very, very notable play, uh, game mechanic.
0: Right, yeah. Otherwise, you could just sort of keep reversing in flight and just sort of fly around everywhere. You know, that's, that would sort of limit the uh, challenge of the game, I, I would think. Yeah. Um, yeah so the it's basically almost like a, a commodore sixty four sort of style game obviously you know it's it's a modern game and it's built with modern tools but it has a very sort of retro feel um and that that goes for uh the the gameplay the the graphics um the music the music is all chip tunes which are i keep mentioning the music i can't get it out of my head it's it's awesome and um and the basic plot is that you're this guy whose ship has crashed and in some sort some sort of weird dimension and you have to rescue your crew members. And there are basically these different levels where you sort of have to go through them and, uh, and rescue your crew members and then sort of teleport them back to your ship. And then once you get everyone, then you're, you're kind of stuck in like this, this sort of final level with that. It's, um, uh, pretty hard. <laughs> um, I I actually got uh, a little frustrated with that um sort of getting through the that final level um and uh there was like one particular spot that I, I just I couldn't get past cuz like every time you you hit like a spike um or one of the sort of well I guess there's like flying text and like there's like little what would you call them enemies jason i don't know
1: i they're they're objects they're not there's the the handful of something mechanical maybe but there's really no you know there's no real definitive creatures a a race an evil race of aliens uh it's it is a bunch of random obstacles be them living in some capacity or not Right. And what what's actually really nice
0: about this game is that they don't really spend a lot of time trying to justify and um make you believe in the premise of the game. It's like, well, this is the this is the premise, you know, and then go have fun. So, you know, there's random text that that sort of like flies from the end, edge of the screen or like just random other things um and that you're supposed to avoid. You, know, you hit it, you die. You just sort of accept that fact. You don't have to wonder about like why hitting this text will cause you to die or something like that. So, um, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's very challenging because they sort of, they really take that, that idea of reversing gravity and, um, and sort of lead it to its, its natural sort of logical conclusion. Um, There's, and and it also moves very fast. Like, there's occasionally like platforms that move back and forth, you have to sort of manage to jump onto, or some that when you land on them, they start disintegrating and you have to jump off them quickly. Uh, So, it it does also require a fair amount of reflexes. Um, But yeah, it's what was a
1: lot of objects in the game are fast, but fast is just kind of the you know, one of the the principal adjectives for the game as well. The game moves at a breakneck speed and it's, it's just implemented to such a, to such a, uh, you know, I won't say a perfect manner because it's very much up to the individual, but it's implemented in such a way that it's not frustrating and it's entirely beneficial to the experience because the game starts, you have, you know, the, the crash and the opening sequences and you're playing the game within a minute. As far as i recall it's actually been a while since i've started the game um, but if you die you spawn back at a recent checkpoint within three seconds you, you have a little a little flashing fading death animation and then you're alive again and you have another go at the puzzle puzzles don't last more than a screen but there's not a checkpoint every single screen so there's harder segments of the game and more of a more of a strategy you'll have to employ with checkpoints and being safe um, but the game the game doesn't stop until you've completed an entire segment, what is logically grouped as uh, grouped as a level, and it's just it's it's the perfect pacing for a game because you're not story for five minutes because you rescued the ship scientist, a bunch of technobabble that makes no sense, but it made the author think he's an awesome writer. <sighs> Right. I have to move again and get up to a new section of space. No, you just the, – the character just moves with enthusiasm, and that's very true considering all of the two expressions that he has, and it just feels good and quick.
0: Definitely. Yeah, um, so – it's also interesting because a lot of, a lot of other games will have like, you have a life meter. And so like, you know, if you hit something dangerous, you might lose a little life with this. If you, if you hit anything dangerous at all, you die and then you respawn back at the checkpoints. So, so there is that sort of game mechanic where basically you have to execute stuff perfectly. Otherwise you don't continue. Um, and this, it's very similar to his other game. Uh, yeah. By the way, the same, same author, Terry Cavanaugh uh, as super hexagon. Um, where if you're, if you're a little device, your little triangle in super hexagon hits one of the other things that that's heading towards you game over, you're done. Um, with, with this, he's a little more forgiving in that you don't have to play the entire game perfectly. Um, but it does keep track of the number of times you've died. So the first I've only got, I've, I've been through the game, uh, only once. And, um, I died like over a thousand times. Um, and there, it also kept track of like apparently the hardest room. I don't remember which one it was, but apparently there was a room I died 125 times in before I was able to uh, get through. So uh, it does show that you have to have a fair amount of persistence to play the game. You know, there's, there's some times when, you know either you just you have no idea how you're gonna solve a particular puzzle or you may realize what you're supposed to do but you just you're not it's very difficult to sort of get all the actions coordinated correctly um so it's it's not it's not something i would recommend for someone that's not ready to commit to really playing it but i do think it is rewarding um it's it's, yeah, it's especially good you know, when, when you sort of get past that, that final stage and, and, and you've, you've beaten everything and you, you've got your crew back um, and then there's this, this really sort of triumphant sort of end-of-game music that's playing and, and you really feel like you've accomplished something, uh, which I think is, is the intention of video games to, to give you an, a sense of accomplishment.
1: Does the 3ds version have the alternative game modes? It does. Yes. So I have haven't you actually touched any of them yet.
0: I haven't really played with them yet. Um, I'm still trying to go through. Oh, I should mention. In addition to the actual gameplay, there's also um, coins um, that you can collect along the way, and they're kind of in, in difficult to access positions. So what I'm doing right now is I'm I'm still going through the primary world trying to collect all
1: those coins. Trinkets, by the way. Trinkets. They, they, they didn't rename it for the 3DS, did they?
0: No, uh, they're probably trinkets. They just, yeah. they're, they're, they're circular, yeah, and they look kind of like coins, <laughs> so I guess, you know, they're coins to yeah. me. I don't trinkets. Know. Trinkets, trinkets. Yeah. And there, there is a, of them. Yeah, there is a little bit of dialogue, you know, when you do rescue someone, you know, they, they do say if you... Things, but I mean, it's over in like five seconds. There's not any sort of big expositions, and and certainly you could completely ignore the text that's being said. It's not important at all to be able to play the game. Whereas, you know, if you if you didn't pay attention to what the what the sage of Eldabar was saying, you know, in his five minute speech, you may not realize that the uh, that the the flute of no return is really hidden in you know somewhere. You know what I mean?
1: I assume that was supposed to be a thinly veiled Zelda reference.
0: Well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've, I have played some Zelda games. Well, I, there was only really one game 2 I've played two games to completion. Um, more um, than me. Yeah. Um, actually both, both for the game boy. Um, so mentioning the three DS, I also got through their um, virtual console emulation um, links awakening And, you know, it's fun to play through that again, Um, but I do remember that there are some things that you would just, you would just not, they they must have published like a a, a strategy guide alongside this game because there are some things that you would just never discover on your own. Um, Like the color dungeon or um, there's like a book on the top shelf of the library near the village where you have to like ram into the bookshelves with your pegasus boots like who would ever think
1: to do that right remember also that back in these days that these companies operated hint lines uh 900 number hint lines so if you were stuck in a particular portion of the game the instruction manual gave you a phone number to call as an outlet yes there were also strategy guides very much third-party um Uh, not released the same day as the game and game facts didn't entirely exist back then and so it was up to other people to give you a a helping hand where possible but i i remember many many tip lines for action and adventure games and platformers especially or no platformers and action but adventure especially and i'm sure i'm sure zelda was no exception huh
0: well, nowadays... I've, I've
1: heard stories of calling them, but I've never done it myself. Yeah, no, nowadays... And they're all gone, too.
0: Everything's available on the internet. Like, hey, you want to collect all those seashells? Well, there, there there, are some seashells, again, so, like, there are some random trees somewhere that if you ram into them with your Pegasus boots, a seashell will pop out. Like, who would ever think to do that? And then, of course, there are hundreds of trees in the game, and it just so happens, like, two of them, or something, if you ram into them, um, you'll 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 get the seashells but anyway uh it's it's still you know it's still a fun game i really like with link's awakening uh it's very self-contained um it's also i think the only zelda game that doesn't actually involve or reference zelda other than uh at the beginning where apparently link mistakes marin for zelda um have you played this game at all jason
1: I started the game back in, oh my goodness, the mid 90s or thereabouts. Um, and I never made any meaningful progress on it.
0: Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's. Um, it, it's a fun game. Um, it was really. Because I, I never really had any uh, actual game consoles growing up. Um, so this was really the only one that I was. Uh, able to play uh this and i also
1: got oracle of seasons so those were the two zelda games that i sort of went through um you know not only was it a game boy it was a game boy color right
0: yeah i would say yeah uh oh yeah link's awakening uh originally was a black and white game and then they they colorized it i think they did a phenomenal job the game is very like sometimes they'll like they'll make a game that that works both in color and black and white but it's just the colors just sort of you know they they just pick random colors like oh this thing will be blue this thing will be green but they really have like a nice a nice theme and stuff for the uh link's awakening dx mm-hmm. which is i think five bucks on the uh nintendo e store
1: um v v is eight dollars um and five dollars on steam which is how i've been playing it as a ma- i had been playing it as a matter of fact
0: but if you have a 3ds i would recommend um going for the um nintendo uh store one east e, e- shop one because there is i mean the 3d doesn't really play any uh, important role in the actual um play of the game but it does it so there are multiple sort of layers that you see uh, on the screen there's like the background and then there's your character um and the the 3d will actually sort of separate those layers so they're um they they appear to be sort of at different distances, which um looks nice actually. Um like one of my, one of my big qualms about 3D is that um be, be, being kind of a new technology, um developers and, and movie makers or whatever kind of feel like they have to use it for some big thing and, and make a big deal out of it. And I think that it works best when it's just kind of in the background, adding to the quality of, of the product as opposed to something that is sort of that where attention is called upon it.
1: The thought of retro 3d graphics amuses me.
0: It is a little, it is a little interesting. Like, and and, and of course the music, the music is sort of chip tune based, but um, I don't think it's entirely a hundred percent rendered with the, um, with like standard, Chipped the the microprocessors or whatever that it, that's used to to render the 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 chip tunes for for the older consoles. Because um, I think that there's um, it's a little bit of other stuff in there, but it's good. It's really good. Uh, the music I I ended up actually buying the soundtrack to uh, the letter V six times um, because I couldn't get the songs out of my head, and of course that only that only exacerbates the condition. But um, yeah. So I I, I could just be like sitting down working or whatever, and I I've got like the the soundtrack in my head, <laughs> especially that um, that exploring where you are sort of just exploring the space, mm-hmm. and I think that that's like loop. I, I've explored so much that it's looped enough times that I've just I've got like every nuance of every note in my head. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, good. It's a good game. I recommend people play it uh, or check it out. Um, there is a free tr- trial for you know that you can download from the website so you know definitely um and with that i will kick it over to nathan
2: so one of my favorite games for um killing you know slightly larger amounts of time than hexagon but still you know short sessions is jetpack joyride which actually won an apple design award last year and it is really a good very well done game um it's a a side scrolling game but it's not really a platformer. You, you have a little character with a jetpack, and you touch the screen to go up and let go to fall down. And you have to avoid obstacles and you pick up coins and that sort of thing. And you just try to get as far as you can until you run into an obstacle and die. And there are also vehicles and that sort of thing, just to add some variety. And it's just somehow, it you know, the, the controls are so simple. It's kind of like Tiny Wings in that, you know, it's kind of the opposite, I guess, touch to go up and let go to go down. But there's something about the, uh, well, it, it feels like you're kind of, uh, not a good way to describe this really, but it feels like you're kind of just controlling um, how you interact with the environment, not so much as actually controlling your character, because it's the, you know, your character stays in the same place on the screen and the environment scrolls up and down and left to right kind of around you which is somehow fun for me. I don't know. Um, but it's just... The, the the other big thing is the replay value. They managed to have enough uh, unlocks and enough... Um, I guess just enough variety because it's randomized each time you play that I've played... I've probably... <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to think about how many uh, sessions I've done, but I've, I've, I think, beat the game in terms of finishing all the achievements probably three or four times now, and you can actually cash that in for an item or something and then start over and beat the achievements again, which is not something, you know, I know there are other games that do that, but I've never felt compelled to do it. And Jetpack is just entertaining enough that I've done it a few times.
1: Out of curiosity, have you lost your mission progress and started over as a result?
2: Mm, I don't think so. Cause I've, I don't think <laughs> I have played in that <laughs> by
1: about, about two or three times. Um, oh, really? Harsh. Yeah. Because the iCloud integration is actually really recent. Um, uh, the, the game came out. Well, you said it won an word last year, and so it either came out like uh, early last year or possibly even late 2010. Uh, and I've I've had this game for a very long time. And just because when it comes to you know new iOS betas and all of this other nonsense, because I'm a flippant idiot and always manage to completely decimate my data somehow, uh, I've lost my mission list, my uh, my mission completion progress at least twice and probably three times. When they, when they finally upgraded it with iCloud support so that it works across devices and in cases like this where your local data is lost it was an absolute godsend. And yeah. unfortunately, even with the new features that they've added on since, I haven't played it nearly as much. So I'm halfway through maybe. I'm. Uh, oh, what, what am I at? 13 or 14 stars. So I'm around level eight or nine of completion so far. And I think there's 15 to 20 levels. Um, missions give you uh, uh, anywhere from one to three stars when you complete them. And your, your level determines how many stars you have to have in order to rank up. Uh, they go from like beginner, noob, wizard, and you know, so on and so forth. Uh, and as you and get every achievements time in the
2: game, you get stars to rank up.
1: Yeah, as you... It, it, missions, I'm, I'm going to be a vocabulary stickler where, where yeah. I can. Uh, you, have, you have three missions at any one time, and completing them nets you the stars that they're worth. And as soon as you fill in your rank's worth of levels, then you level up, get a coin bonus, and have... As you complete missions, you get new ones
2: immediately. And missions would be something like fly 500 miles without touching the floor, that sort of thing. Is it supposed to be miles or is it supposed to be meters? Or I've meters always or wondered something. I don't. I don't remember. It's an M.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a lowercase M, which oh, M, so M, probably not. That probably meters, typically stands so. for
0: meters. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. So what? What is the control of the of the game like? It seems like it's just like a, an on or off touch kind of yeah,
2: thing. Yeah. F- finger down is jetpack on. Finger off is jetpack off, and gravity takes care of it. And you can actually equip different items to modify gravity and that sort of thing
0: it It just seems to me like some of the most successful iOS games are also some of the ones with the simplest controls If you take yeah. tiny wings very and similar yeah hexagon even hexagon, yeah, it's just left to the screen sp- right. exactly uh, I think that you know there, initially when um, Apple was trying to get game developers to really develop for their platform, you know they do, they demoed that Sega game or the, the rather the Sonic the Hedgehog or something game where like he, he was kind of being controlled by tilting the device. And, and I just thought that was way too complicated. Like I, I really like these games with that have the really
2: simple controls, just a really easy way to, to interact with them. Um, I generally really don't like accelerometer games, especially in like a racing game where you have to steer oh, with the accelerometer. That's, yeah. that's, that's, even that on a Wii, but it's awful on an iPhone because you're tilting the screen you're trying to look at.
0: Right. Like why they all seem to do it. Like why? Like I do not want like a racing game. EA does this with their need for speed games. I don't want to tilt the thing. I, I want to have some sort of other way of steering the car without having to tilt the thing that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Like I don't do that in a car. I, I'm not like, you know, I, I, when, when, you, when I tilt the steering wheel, it's not like I, my view of the, uh, of the road changes. So
2: it's just so unnatural. I don't know why these these car racing games do that. Mario Kart on the DS Lite is the best racing game controls I've used. Do you have a DS? No, my brother does. Oh, it's, okay. It's but you know I just use the uh, the four way for um the you know the four way for speed and direction and turning and everything and then the uh, I don't know what they're called the little index finger buttons that are on kind of the front of the box for power ups and everything. It's yeah, it's very playable. Yeah,
1: does Mario Kart really
2: use up for acceleration? It might be A. I don't remember. I can't I was, remember. it was going to say four way back, uh,
1: back in the original, the original Super Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo, uh, acceleration and brake were on two of the action buttons. Item and. Drift, I want to say, were on... Uh, oh, no, 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 Drift. Drift was hopping, which was on the uh, the shoulder buttons. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm delving into a bunch of nonsense. But yeah, Acceleration... Uh, traditionally, Acceleration is one of the action buttons, and Up and Down don't serve too much of a purpose, just left and right for steering, yeah, course. Yeah, that, that sounds right.
2: And, like, Sky Gamblers on, on the iPad has accelerometer controls, but I just turn them off and use their little on-screen... Don't get started thing.
1: on sky gamblers. Uh, <laughs> I, I I've played a couple of dogfight sims and they're they're generally okay. And considering how much control you, somebody like me, I like having a lot of a lot of uh, control flexibility. Um, I actually have a joystick sitting to my side that has a uh, stick rotation, so you can actually pivot um that's just a small amount left and right in addition to the normal flight stick you know up down left right 360 degrees of of base rotation uh and then it has hat switch four five six and i think there's a seventh one hidden there seven buttons on the stick and then uh a couple of action buttons to the left of it and a throttle on the bottom of it um but yeah tilting i i can't think of a specific title that relies on tilt that i've actually enjoyed uh the the very first demo of labyrinth back when the ios app store first came out was is pretty compelling and is worthy use but beyond that and I'm sure there's something that I've played, I just can't think of a single game that uses tilt as its primary mechanic that I've actually enjoyed.
0: And I think I think that one worked because it was actually just an iOS version of the like the real life labyrinth game where you yeah. you actually do tilt the board. Yeah. So with it, the two knobs on the bottom and the right, point, I think right. generally. Yeah, in, in that in that situation, you know, it it's sort of emulating something that already like exists and people know how to play uh as well as something that that follows the normal laws of physics like y- you can sort of imagine your iPad or iPhone as a surface and the ball is sort of rolling around on it uh whereas you know like if your if your thing is a steering wheel like how does that even work you know what i mean anyway
1: so um, my, my other my other grief since you mentioned Sky Gamblers, unfortunately, is that on a whim I was looking for Dogfight Sims uh in the Mac app store and I bought that one because it was pretty cheap on the desktop. Uh oh man. I, I really I honestly unless you have a joystick you know is supported and their site has been worthless for that, as far as I remember looking at. My joystick doesn't work with it. It calibration never seems to work, which is highly highly unfortunate um, and then there's a bunch of it, it, it is a scaled up iPad app on the desktop and it's very unfortunate because they preserve like clicking and dragging mechanics to to scroll horizontally through menu items Ooh. it's just a piece of work
2: and the iPhone version is a scaled down iPad app too <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I guess I guess
1: that leaves me to pick one of my actual unique games. Well, um, I
0: don't know. Sure, go. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: when you put it that way, uh, uh, my my time waster for the last what is it October? My time waster over the last two months has been a game that requires really no particular skill called Dungeons and Coin. Um. It's a little difficult to explain because it's slot machine the game. And it it's basically the most simplest form of an RPG, a traditional RPG jammed into a slot machine. If you happen to know anything about Pachi slots in Japan, uh, as far as I understand, they're actually quite similar. Um, you are in a dungeon. The back wall features a standard three slot slot machine. Um you are on a pedestal on the left, you're a little pigtailed girl with a magic wand, and then there's an enemy on the right on a pedestal on the right. Um, there's a big play field where coins uh actually let me take a step back because there's one more element that's put into it beyond a slot machine and an RPG um there's probably a proper name for these uh being that i don't really go into a casino and the only experience i have with it is dave and busters i have no idea what it is you know those games where you drop a quarter or a token in and it it packs the field with coins uh it it has little pushers that are continually pushing the coins, so that when you drop one in it adds it to the stack um that's a big mechanic of this game as well you have this you have this floor space in front of a pusher that your all of your coins eventually cover. Um, and if, you, if they fall off to the left, if they fall off to the right, they're dead coins. If they fall off to the bottom left or bottom right corner, you get them back to become usable. And if they fall in a narrow little square section in the bottom most, in the end most middle... Um, then it becomes a slot machine deposit and it gives you an additional slot machine pull. Um, the only two things in the game that really matter the majority of the time are what comes up on the slot machine, which is attack, magic, or nothing. Uh, you know, three, three unrelated items, which when you're in a boss battle, you get attacked and damaged and in any other situation, nothing happens. Um, but there's no there's no control over it so any rpg element of strategy just goes completely out the window um it's it's a very addicting game in the traditional gambling sense because you you drop the coins within this limited range of the pusher and the objective is to get as many coins as possible in order to by power-ups or gems which enable you to have more more magic slots that can result in um attacks or magic being casted from the slot machine from the, the from the slot result. Um kind of confusing and a little convoluted to the extent of what the game is, but like I said, it's just a it's just a distraction game. It's just a time waster game it's I, but i haven't stopped playing it so that says something to the merits of the game um <laughs> if i've been playing it in downtime over the over the last 2 months uh it's there there's a lot of depth and a surprising amount of strategy with the orbs that uh, suppo- that are called odds combos which would indicate that they influence something and besides rewards I have a hard time figuring out exactly what that is but it's worth a look and since it's free to play with advertising at the bottom and coin upgrades 200 coins for 5 bucks or I don't even know I'm never going to buy a coin pack this is one of those um, games yeah it's it, it definitely is one of those games it is a very apt description but it's worth a look to see the depth of it and like i said it's just mindless
0: i i still don't really have a complete picture of like exactly what you do so it's,
1: you yeah it's it's so the 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 part that you control is purely the coin the coin play field um again think of the like uh, dave and busters like i said is the only section that i that is the only place that i can say that i've actually seen one of these machines I know they're in casinos, but I don't go to casinos. Couldn't even tell you where one is in the state. At any rate, the control that you have is that you have a little narrow strip uh, of a touch zone where you can drop coins to either land straight on the field and get pushed or land on the pusher, fall off, and then get pushed. Um, the whole point is to get coins to either start the slot machine or fall off to one of the lower corners so that you have coins usable again um, there There is more to the game in the sense that what my current what I'm currently trying to do is that you have you have the standard slot, which is just your basic attack, and then you have a level one, two, three, four, and five ability slot, which will randomly come out over the uh, of the course of a slot of the slot machine running uh and right now i'm trying to get a whole lot of money in order to buy diamonds and gems nine of each of the five colors in order to unlock the last slot it it's purely random it's purely chance and it's it's very difficult to describe the purpose of it beyond that because there are also a a ton of magic casting abilities which influence the style of play which serve to give you more coins but that's kind of where it ends well, how much of this is a
0: skill-based game and how much of this is just kind of chance-based
1: <sighs> they're so intertwined that's not really a question i can answer Because if your if your luck on the slot uh, on the slot wheel itself sucks, then you know chance is going to doom you, and skill doesn't mean anything. Um, The result of most things is coins, and coins serve to keep the game going. If you're if you're foolish and you drop all of your coins, then the game's just going to grind to a halt until you get one coin. After I think they regenerate once a minute. It seems maybe thirty seconds. Uh, if you do nothing you'll get a coin every either 30 seconds or 60 seconds and there have been a number of occasions where i have so few coins that i run out and then the game just kind of sits there doing nothing because there's no there's no physics there's no pressure being applied to the field and i don't have any coins to drop to to instigate it
2: and that's when they want you to buy them right yeah
1: yeah it really is and it's and don't you, you, i don't think of it a game i think of it as gambling with no monetary reward <laughs> for me um and like i said it's mindless as a result of this but it's i i enjoy the depth of the just the, the intricacies that seem to appeal to me for whatever reason that is um and like i said it's free so it's 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 worth at least a little bit of time to kind of understand how deep some of these concepts go, but it's all it's it's you know it's all a money grab, and I've gotten by without paying a cent to them, so I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, sort of changing gears a little bit, uh, there
0: also seems to be a, uh, a very popular genre of word games, uh, collaborative or rather competitive word games on on iOS. So there was, uh, you know, Words with Friends and a bunch of other Zynga games that were sort of based off of like letter tiles. Um, now it seems like most people have sort of stopped playing those, but there's a new one that's come out um, from Lauren Brichter called letter press, which seems to sort of, uh, which seems to have caught the attention of the sort of Mac uh, tech community uh, recently. Um, and the three of us have been playing it. The three of us have been playing it against each other and, I'd say it's a really solid, really solid game. Um, the mechanic of playing it is basically you you start a game with someone else and there's a grid five by five of letters, 25 total, that you use to try to form words. And they, the, the letters don't have to be adjacent to each other. You can just use whatever's there. Um, and so you, you form words and you... Sort of the when when you form a word, those tiles uh then turn your your color, which is blue. Um and they remain blue uh, unless your opponent decides to use a word to to create a word that uses those same tiles and they switch to their color, which is red, and it sort of goes back and forth and the game is over uh when the last tile is used and whoever has the most tiles used. At the end of that is the winner of the game. So it's a it's it's a fun game. It's a it's kind of it's kind of like Scrabble in that you know you're you're always sort of looking for long good words in in your available word uh, uh, your <laughs> selection of available letters. Um, it's a little different in that there's less. There's less strategy in, in terms of like where you place your letters because th- there there is no point values associated with them and there's no like double or triple letter or word scores or anything like
2: that. So it's, it's definitely and can, a, what? And you can reuse letters.
0: Oh yes, yeah, you can you can always I mean you, you can't use the same letter twice in a single word, but you can always use all the all the letters on the board.
1: You can Oh, oh, you you mean you mean the same specific the same tile explicitly. If there are if there yeah. are two L tiles, you can use them, but you can't use a single L tile
0: twice. Right.
1: I think I think the oldest game, as far as the letter mechanic is concerned, I think Boggle is the the like most pure version of this of this type of game, um, because you have a grid of letters and you arrange them to make a word. Um, but there are and there are other elements stacked on top. I've I've played a couple of games over the years that has this this uh, collection style. Um, there's one more element of strategy that you haven't mentioned yet, and that is if you own four, if you own a center tile and all four adjacent tiles, the other player can use that tile, that middlemost tile that you own, but they don't get the point for it. They can't take it over. Um, so there's very much a kind of a conquest style to it where if you... If you wall off your tiles and defend them with uh, amazing luck with words, um, then you can, you can shut down their play quite a bit. And it's not necessarily long words beyond the first or the second round. Uh, I just wrapped up a game with a buddy of mine that got just, he, he beat me by one point. Um, we, we weren't, we didn't seem to really be playing for letter ownership so much as other games, um, but he got me to a point where he, where we were within a couple of points and he could end the game by cleaning up the last three letters. And his ending word was his ending letters were Q I S. Um, and he got me to a point where he could win by just one single point. He had the majority of tiles on the board. Um, it's, it, it has its, its own very distinct method of strategy. Um, that it's, original it's not scrabble um and that that's made it it's made it a very a very gripping game to to play through
0: it's also extremely well done uh lauren brichter is the guy that wrote tweety so you know he he's definitely known for his breakthroughs in, in user interface design and i think that this game certainly shows a, a number of them as well um it almost—it's weird because there's the the main screen has those um, little views of of the uh, the the boards for all your individual games, mm-hmm. and they're squares. And it almost reminds me of Windows Metro interface. Does it? Does that? Rem-
1: <laughs> I don't think I I really had that same thought, but I can completely understand where you're coming uh, from.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. It, it just looks very clean. It looks very nice, but it also looks. Um, it has its own visual uh, design. It borrows ab- absolutely nothing from the iOS. This game could be ported to Android and look exactly the same, and and be totally fine. It wouldn't. It wouldn't look out of place there either. Um,
2: what it would was probably that? look right at home on Windows Phone? Yeah.
1: What was that to do list software that kind of made made waves a while ago? That you clear. Yeah, th- yeah, I I wasn't sure if that was actually the word. Um, there, there's, I, uh, I I'm probably a little crazy talking about something that I didn't actually use. But from what I saw, it offers, it, it offers a lot of similarity in the sense that everything's everything's squared, everything's a box. Uh, it's very, despite having no chrome to speak of, you have options that are just adjacent to each other, but they're so well defined in what they what you know what a given uh button encompasses and just everything is so seamless you have you have the main menu which has a list of games and then a new game button and more which lets you purchase the in-app upgrade and uh after you do you can change the colors and yay at any rate um it, it's just Everything everything that is on the screen reacts and it makes perfect sense. You tap on a game to open it uh, when you have your tile, you can drag a letter that you've already put in your selection seamlessly, so you can you know you can queue up six letters if they make sense strategically, and then just rearrange them if you find another word um, and then start adding on additional letters onto the end of it It's just incredibly clean, incredibly fluid, and yeah, hats off to Lauren. He did an amazing job putting this together. It, just the, the epitome of simple and clean, functional, and Right. And very good use of animation, too. You mean like the, the wiggles and other Yeah, other every everything kind of, everything kinda,
2: and when you uh, like when you um, you know, you pick something up and it turns at an angle and kind of bounces around and then you throw it up into the, uh, the rack and it'll, you know, bounce into place and then you can flick it back down and it'll kind of bounce into its, uh, spot on yeah. the grid and everything.
1: And you know what else uh, in a similar vein that's actually incredibly helpful is that when you touch on the player's av- avatar in a game, not only does a little pseudo dialogue box uh, in the literal like, comic book strip, not only does a little dialogue bubble pop out and tell you what they played, but it shakes all the letters as well. So mm-hmm. you actually get that positional strategy reference as well.
0: yeah I think he um there was an interview he did uh shortly after the game was released um where he said that his uh inspiration for creating the game was like he was at uh at a dinner or at dinner with his wife or something and they both took out their iPhones and played um puzzle juice and and he was he was kind of wondering like why like why were they both playing a game separately like why couldn't they play against each other and so that was kind of the inspiration.
2: Puzzle Juice is also a great game. I haven't played
1: Puzzle Juice, but I see what, you, what you're trying to segue there.
2: <laughs> I, I, I have played Puzzle Juice, and I actually really like it. It's um, kind of like uh, like Letterpress in that you're trying to spell out words from your grid of letters, but it's also kind of got a Tetris aspect where you've got different shaped uh, blocks that you're trying to fit onto a board and uh, you know, make rows complete, just like Tetris. And then once you either finish a row or get a big block of the same color that you tap on, they turn into letters, and you have to spell out words using contiguous letters. And the bigger the word, the more points you get, that sort of thing. And uh, once you spell it, it, the tiles blow up, and so you get more space on the board for the blocks. And it's actually really... I, I really like the gameplay because it is fast paced enough that it doesn't get slow and boring, but it's calm enough. You know, it's, it's not like hexagon where you're going insane the whole time, trying to, uh, you know, trying to just stay alive, at least not on the easier levels at the beginning. Um, and I've, you know, the, the games can get pretty long if you, if you're doing reasonably well, just because you spell words and clear out more space on the board. So it lasts much longer than a Tetris game. But, uh, the, the multiplayer aspect of letterpress is pretty fun in terms of actually comparing what you can do to somebody else, and, you know, spelling words. Um, because with, uh, with Puzzle Juice, it's really you against time, which is fun, but it is, you know, somehow the human element makes it more uh, more heated because you're competing against somebody else. You want to do better than them.
0: Yeah, it's nice, it's nice actually, like, competing against your friends. Although it's not so nice when your friends are cheating,
1: jason i can feel the death glare from the uh, remote (laughs) skype connection yeah there there are certain people in these kind of games that i have no chance of beating uh and yeah i fired up scrabble rack which is just a small little web page that lets you plug either a collection of letters or a regular expression, which is really only relevant to Scrabble, but I just opened up Scrabble rack and was like, Hey, look at these, uh, 10, 11, 12 letter words that I can put together. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't match wits with Kyle's eloquence. It just, it's not going to happen. Kyle beats me too.
0: Well, it's fun beating you guys. <laughs> and I, 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 I especially did not like not beating you, Jason.
1: well i'm sorry to take away your fun you'll just have to go stop all over one of the other games on your list
0: well yeah like i i had the ending word muskox um for a few turns but i couldn't play it because it didn't give me enough points and then finally i'm just like all right
1: i'm done here (laughs) so i played it (laughs) seriously win that game 16 to 9 yeah crap yeah are you able to view yes played words you can see that so you started the game with tribally I countered with Suboptimal. You played Quiz. I played Stimulators, and then Guitars, Vulgarity, Kibbutz. What is Kibbutz, anyways? I remember thinking that when you played it. It's like a Jewish something. Nathan?
2: Huh. Oh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Words. Um, words are hard. I can read and write, but beyond that...
1: And then um, put them together for code. But at any rate, uh, vulgarity, kibbits, skibobs, tossily, which I'm surprised actually comes together properly. Uh, squattily, I, I don't think I realized that we both had the same uh, suffix at the end. And then muscocks, like you said, which invariably use the X to end the game. Squattily, yeah. squattily.
0: Yeah, uh, squattily. I think it was like the K and the X were yeah. both left. No, because Squat- Oh, there was like two. Or it was like it, maybe it was like the M and the X or something. There was like two letters that I was able to use to end the game. Squattily, like is that even a word? Is tossily a word? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes, squadly is as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if you if we if we play a legitimate game, and if you really want me to, I will. I will not open up Scrabble Rack. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna counter with these just like stupid four, five, six letter words that reuse all the letters you already made a land grab for, and it's just gonna be you you could beat me by greater than sixteen to nine, I can almost guarantee that, because I just I don't play for strategy that well and my vocabulary is reasonable, but picking it out of a pool just I just don't have the connection for that.
0: Well, admittedly it would be nice if there was like an actual competition you know with two people equally equally matched but there's no there's just no sense of me playing against you putting letters into scrabble rack (laughs) (laughs) like i can do that on my own really i just consider
2: it a harder difficulty (laughs) (laughs) If, if kyle can beat scrabble rack
0: well, I mean, the the game is simple enough that there's like it's very easy for a computer to determine the the absolute best move to play at every stage. Sure. So it's like, well,
2: you know, how can how can you how can you beat something that can play perfectly? And that actually touches on, you know, finding people to play against. One of the the only things I don't like about the game is a uh, game center because, you know, first of all, it's been very buggy and unreliable (laughs) and if you look at the reviews page for the game you feel really bad for the developers because it's a lot of horrible reviews saying how buggy and slow it is and how often it drops connections when really it's just game center being game center you're talking uh, about letterpress specifically uh yeah because that's the only game that i've played and looked at the reviews for that uses
1: well i I, i'm kind of confused you said you you said it drops connections how would are are you saying it actually like prematurely terminates
2: games? I don't know, that's just what the reviews have uh weird. In, well, in terms of in, well, one thing I've seen is that um like you get a push notification that says somebody played a letter or played a word and then you go and open the the app and it says okay, your turn now and it doesn't right. show uh or no, not your turn, it says you just played. It doesn't show the uh the last turn. I've and you have, have to have quit and reopen a the app couple, I have had a couple of update problems
1: um I kind of attributed that to first day you know, DDoS grade mm-hmm. uh, server side bugs. But for something, is, is considering the turn based nature, I haven't really seen too many,
2: too many problems with Game Center mm-hmm. or otherwise. The bigger problem for Game Center for me is just that very few of my friends have actively used Game Center accounts, um, but they all have actively used Facebook accounts. So something like Words with Friends, I can actually. Play against friends who have uh, you know Facebook accounts and not not necessarily Game Center accounts because I don't know if if I were to invite you know send a, a Game Center friend request to one of my friends from from school say they would have no idea what Game Center was just because there are so few games that actually take advantage of it and so if I actually wanted to play Letterpress against a friend who I see in person <laughs> it would be you know in other words somebody who's not super into tech or computers or anything like that, I would really have to push them pretty hard to set up Game Center, create an account, download the app, hook everything up. Whereas with a Facebook game, I can just send them a ping on Facebook that says, click here to get this game, and it'll be set up for you. And just to mention that it'll run in their browser. And sure. They yeah. they
1: can they can bring it down to their device if they know about it and care if they even have one. But otherwise, they can just play right there.
2: And it could even That's be iOS only. That wouldn't be a huge that wouldn't be a huge problem if it was iOS only. And there's no yeah. there's no reason that a Facebook game has to be like a Zenia game in terms of spamming your friends and other <laughs> evilness. Like there there is definitely room, I think, for um, you know native apps that integrate with Facebook. In a polite, sane way. I just haven't seen a lot of them.
0: I wonder if that already exists.
1: I mean, Words with Friends, but if we're if we're thinking, well, Zing thinking is the king outside of, the Zingerville.
2: Yeah, Zing is like yeah. the king of like Facebook games. So, well, and a lot of you know a lot of the other smaller, mid sized, big uh, Facebook game companies are similarly unpleasant in terms of wall spam or timeline spam excuse me and uh you know bugging your friends that sort of thing and privacy stuff
0: that whole ecosystem is just like such a
2: such a poison well but it doesn't have to be i mean there there's no reason that a game exactly like letterpress just with a different back end couldn't exist and only communicate privately between two people on facebook not have any wall posts or anything like that
0: but but the thing is the reason that he's able to make the game because he's able to sell the in-app purchase to make money the thing is people on facebook don't want to buy anything so that's why all these companies have to show them ads and spam their the walls and stuff so you know if if there was a way to actually do like solid commerce on facebook if there was like a an actual app store that people actually use to actually buy things on uh, you know like the like the ios app store and unlike their existing whatever that they have then that might be that might be feasible but I think that just due to the economics of the marketplace that exists on Facebook um, the the optimal companies and and services and and apps and games that are produced
2: uh, are basically what you see Mm -hmm. well I could see my friends spending a dollar on an iOS game or especially something like Letterpress that's free to play and then a dollar unlocks more stuff i could see them doing that and then typing in their facebook name and password so that the back end can be set up and i don't know if the facebook terms and api allow that i'm probably not but <laughs> that's something that i could Actually, see happening
0: you know what i i just i just realized maybe maybe it could be like a one-way thing where like you can start a game with someone on facebook and then they they can respond and they can play can play against you but you as someone that bought the app, have to be the initiator of that.
1: Yeah, I think I- the difference here is that speaking technically and literally about Letterpress is that I'm fairly sure the game is implemented solely around Game Center. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm Lauren. Lauren does not have servers set up to to manage these connections. Sure. Um, so yeah, no, it would be- as, as opposed to as opposed to Zynga, which does have a very a very significant back end that manages all of these, all of these transactions and plays and games across all of their properties
2: to their credit. It's a lot more reliable than game center.
0: Well, it's gotta be, that's their, uh, that's their, that's the way they make money. Mm. And they, they also make money by laying off employees. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <burn>. Apple events? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Zynga, man, that's just like the whole ecosystem is just like, yeah. Anyway, so you can get Letter Press on the App Store. It's uh, free initially. Well, it's it's you can always play it for free. Um, you have to pay a dollar for an in-app purchase if you want to play. I think more than two games at once. It's so. definitely
1: not two because I had uh, I had three games running up until recently. That was going to be my question if we know what the limitation is. Maybe, Was one maybe, of the
2: games completed, Jason? No, nope. no.
1: Three. There were three pending games at a, at a point in time. Did you initiate all of those games? I initiated none of them.
0: Maybe that's it. Maybe, like, maybe you can play uh, uh, any number of games um, that are initiated towards you, but in order to initiate more than two games at once, you have to. Uh, do the in-app purchase anyway it's a dollar who cares like it's it's such a small amount of money and the game i mean you play that for half an hour and you've already got your dollars worth by far so support the game it's it's an excellent game great developer i'm glad he's making software again um and uh let's see puzzle juice is also available on the app store it's two dollars um is that worth it nathan
2: oh yeah it's actually and i love puzzle juice's personality it's it's really fun to play. Cool, cool. All right. Well,
0: I think I think that just about does it. Um, so just to recap, uh the games we mentioned are VVV VVV, that's um available on Steam. <coughs> ah, I'm sorry. So just to wrap up, the games that we've mentioned are VVV VVV, that's available on Steam for $5. That's compatible with either Mac or Windows. Uh, $8 on the 3DS uh, if you have a 3DS I, I, would, I would suggest going that route just because I think that it's a little more of an immersive experience than playing it on a computer plus the secondary display can also be used um, as your map while you're sort of wandering around the, uh, the area so uh, Super Hexagon that's uh, available on the uh, iOS App Store that's $3 um, Jetpack Joyride is free F-
2: with a star i think free like, and you can buy uh yeah i think you can buy you the can buy currency coin but i've never oh, done man. that
0: i ugh. yeah I, I don't i don't I, I don't particularly like that model of so here's something free and you know yeah.
2: well i have no problem with it as long as you can get through the game without paying you know sure. something something like temple run or something that's very very sure. heavily based on that model but can still be played completely without paying
0: yeah dungeons and coin is same same thing uh it's free on the app store Uh, but to get more coin you have to pay money Um, and then uh, letterpress like we mentioned and puzzle juice so i I hope that uh, you guys find or you the listeners uh find these games uh really as as much fun as we do and until next time which hopefully will be sooner than than this was to last time um signing off thanks for listening